Hi everyone, my name is Alex and I'm the student minister here at Andover Baptist Church and today I just wanted to share some reflections with you that are on my heart at this time and it's all to do with our potential in life. Today, as you might be aware, marks the end of the first part of the Tokyo Olympic Games, which have been incredible, haven't they? And I'm really looking forward to when the Paralympics start in a couple of weeks' time. I don't know if you've been able to watch any of it live. Personally, I've enjoyed watching some of the highlights that have been shown on TV. And as ever, I'm in utter awe and admiration watching such high-level athletes. It is truly inspiring. And whilst I'm in awe, I'm also a little envious, if I'm honest. I'm envious because these are people who have often known from a young age what they were going to do with their lives and what would be their focus and their purpose. I'm envious because they've been able to realise their potential in a really significant and obvious way. But I'm also envious because I'm someone who grew up loving sport and I had the opportunity to take part in and compete in a variety of sports from a young age. And I would say that I was quite an all-rounder, but I was never really good enough or focused enough to pursue sport as a career, even though I loved it. And if I'm honest, I sometimes look back and I do wonder if, I, if that could ever have been a possibility for me, because I recognise that I showed some potential in that area. And when I hear stories of great athletes and Olympians, it's clear, isn't it, that they often show immense potential very early on. So many, in fact, set their sights on success at a really young age, and they even start their training as children. And I've always wondered what it would be like to be in that position. But it's not the norm, is it? You know, we all show potential as children. I love this image that's behind me. But for some of us, it takes longer for that potential to be realised. For others, that potential might develop and change over the years. We don't all know from a young age what we're going to do with our life, do we? And I think there's something really interesting about potential, which is it doesn't always lead to what we expect. And I want to explore this idea in a bit more depth now. So I want to look today at a story of a man who lived around 3,000 years ago in the Middle East. It's a man called David who went on to become the greatest king of ancient Israel. And we can read about him in the Old Testament part of the Bible. David was actually chosen and anointed to be king at around the age of 17, but he didn't end up becoming king until he was 30 years old. David was the youngest child in his family. He had seven older brothers, and he was not really the obvious choice to be the next king of Israel. Also, because he was the youngest, he'd been given the job of looking after his father's sheep, even when some of his older brothers had gone off to fight in the Israelite army. Now, at this time, there was actually already a king of Israel, a man called Saul, and he'd started off as this great king who was faithful to God and successful, but he'd become wayward and corrupt, and he'd turned his heart away from God. And because of this, God speaks to a prophet called Samuel, who was a sort of religious leader at the time. And God tells him to go and to find this young David and to anoint him to be the next king of Israel. So Samuel goes off and he finds this teenage shepherd boy and anoints him. This is a curious move, isn't it, in the story? I wonder what potential David had that made God choose him for such an important role. 
Some of you listening or watching might know about David from the famous story of David and Goliath, where David, still in his teens, managed to defeat a fearsome and heavily armed giant of a warrior with just a single stone and his slingshot. In this story, David is often seen as the underdog, and in some ways he is, because he is young and he has no experience in battle. But actually, David has other talents and skills and experiences that had actually prepared him for that occasion. And above all, he has this incredible faith in God. It's undeniable, too, that David displayed natural courage and confidence. And there's good reason for it. Because as a shepherd, David would have spent time alone in the wilderness looking after sheep in hostile conditions. He would have honed in survival skills. He would have learned how to fend off predators and he would have trained himself using his slingshot as his primary weapon. And actually David was so committed to protecting his flock that he even fought off and killed lions and bears with his own hands, risking his life in the process. You know, in addition to this, David was a gifted musician and he played the harp to such a high standard that he ends up being employed into the service of King Saul. So David becomes this sort of personal harp player to the king himself. And here the story really unfolds because once David is in the king's service, he gains recognition and he even goes on to become one of the highest commanders in the king's army and he achieves great success. And whilst the king, King Saul, becomes very fond of David, he considers him like a son. He sees this great character and strength in him. He also becomes really jealous of David, so much so that he tries to kill him. So David ends up fleeing from the king and he goes off on the run for a long time, for years in fact, hiding out and waiting. And eventually King Saul is killed in a battle. And so David returns and is finally crowned the king of Israel and all that potential comes to fruition. It's clear from this story, isn't it, that even from a young age, David did show great potential. He showed potential in his character and in his abilities. He showed potential as a shepherd, as a musician, and later on as a warrior. But actually, none of these things would necessarily lead you to think that he would one day become a king. So why is it that God chose him? What potential did God see in this young David? Well, it's simply this. David was a man after God's own heart. We know this from what we read in the Bible, from what the prophet Samuel says to King Saul after Saul has turned away from God in his heart. Samuel says this, But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So yes, David is this young man full of potential, but the greatest potential that God sees in him is the potential that is in his heart. This is what matters most to God. And there's another great quote in this story that tells us this in an amazing way. This is what God says to Samuel when he goes out to look for the young David to anoint him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I love that. What a wonderful truth there is there. You know, whilst our potential in life may manifest itself through outward things, things that maybe are clear and visible, specific skills and talents, for example. 
it's reassuring to know that our greatest potential comes from what is inside of us, from what is in our heart, from who we truly are. This is where God sees our potential. And I don't know about you, but for me, this is really encouraging because it means that there is more to our potential than outward signs. It means too that the potential we might exhibit or show as children can develop and grow into other things. We don't all have to show early signs of being future Olympians in order to be successful and fulfill our purpose in life, although that may be the case for some people. And for me, I can look back on my potential that I saw when I was a child loving and playing sport, and I can now see how that prepared me for when I would later go on to join the army when I was an adult. That potential really came in handy, but it actually had developed into something I never would have anticipated. So I suppose the question I simply want to ask you all today is what's your greatest potential? And if you aren't sure of the answer to this question, why not ask God to reveal it to you? After all, he knows you and he sees what's in your heart. So let's pray for that now. Yeah, loving God, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for that story of David today. Lord, we thank you that you know us, you love us, that you see what is truly in our heart and you see the potential in each of us. So Lord, I simply ask by the power of your Holy Spirit, just reveal to us today the potential in each of us. Remind us of who we are, that we are your children, that you love us and that you have great things in store for us. Help us just to believe in that potential in our own hearts today. Amen. I want to talk today about hearing from God. Just saying that sounds weird, doesn't it? Why would an all-powerful God want to talk to me? And if it were to happen, what would it be like? Maybe you've heard from God yourself, but it's equally likely that you have never heard from God directly and don't understand what hearing from God means. Hearing personally from God is one of the most powerful things that ever happens to me. It gives me goosebumps and every time amazes me that the God, who I believe designed the world we live in today, with all its incredible natural features, takes time to communicate directly with me, one person in billions. A few years ago, I volunteered to help at a Christian summer camp working with three to four-year-olds. I was given the job of leading the prayer tent activity for every child to cycle through throughout the week. The activities had all been prepared, but there was time at the end of each session to give the children a chance to hear from God. Now, in my experience, a lot of people can find hearing from God a challenge. And if I'm honest, it is a bit of a weird concept. What will it be like? Will I hear a voice in my head? Will it be loud or soft? How will I know it is from God? And that is just the adults. My challenge was to try and explain to this group of often hyper children that if they were quiet, they might get a message from God to share with others. So after some thought, I took the complex words that we find in our Bible and turned them in what I hoped would be words that made sense to three to four-year-olds. Two Bible passages came to mind. The first in a book called One Kings, which is essentially a history book about a period of time when the Israelite people were ruled by kings. Some kings did a good job, others not so. During this time, God used people called prophets to give messages from God to the Israelite people. Elijah was one of these prophets, but he was going through a tough time and he had run away in fear of his life. He was desperate to hear from God, so he travelled to a place he thought God would be, Mount Sinai. 
The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 11 to 13. The Lord said to Elijah, Go and stand in front of me on the mountain, and I will pass by you. Then a very strong wind blew until it caused the mountains to fall apart and large rocks to break in front of the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire there was a quiet, gentle sound. When Elijah heard it, he covered his face with his coat and went out and stood at the entrance to the cave. God spoke in a whisper, not a booming voice, not an earth-shattering explosion, but a whisper, easily missed or ignored. The second Bible verse that came to mind was in the book of Acts, which describes a time soon after Jesus had returned to heaven, when one of his close followers, Peter, was talking to a crowd of people in Jerusalem. In Acts 2, verse 17, it says this, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Visions and dreams? I don't want to get hung up on the genders that were mentioned here. What speaks to me from this passage is that God can send us messages in different forms. Not just words like suggested in the whisper, but in visual things as well. You see, often we talk about hearing from God. But in my own experience, it was rarely a voice that I had heard. God might put an idea in my head that he wanted shared. The first time I remember this happening was in a Bible study and I hesitated. Could, I, could that thought really be from God and make sense to others? Well, God being God wanted his point shared and because I hesitated, he gave it to someone else instead. I felt disappointed in myself, but amazed that God really could communicate directly with me. At other times, I would get what felt like an elbow in the ribs, a nudge to go and pray for a certain person. Again, there were times when I delayed and God moved on to communicate with others instead. But on the occasions when I did respond to the nudge, God did amazing things through me, like taking away someone's back pain as I prayed for them. God's leading, not mine. Then there are the times when, more recently, I, like Elijah, just wanted to be able to communicate with my God, to tell him how I was feeling, what I was going through, and to hear from him what he had, that he had me. He understood, and I could lean on him. At times like this, I am always drawn to the outdoors. To be in nature for me is to be with God, whether that he's walking by the sea, roaming over fields, or in amongst the trees of a forest. Those are the places where I get to shake off all the restraints of normal life and give God my full attention. It is when God has my full attention that I don't miss that whisper or nudge or picture. And often the pictures for me are not imagined, but things that appear in the nature around me. A stone in the path out of place, the way the sunlight catches shaded tree trunks, patterns of mushrooms growing on a tree stump, the noises around me or lack of them. God can and will use anything to communicate with me, to get my attention and to then whisper the point of it in my head. Reflecting on Elijah's story, I'm reminded that Elijah heard from God for himself when he had made time for it to happen. Elijah, who heard from God regularly, didn't just stay where he was and call out to God. Elijah had run away to hide, but it was not in his first hiding place that he listened out for God. It was in a place he had intentionally gone to, Mount Sinai. Elijah was out of his normal routine. He was focused on God and he had an expectation that something would happen. 
So how could I take those previous experiences I'd had and use them to help these three to four-year-olds hear from God? Well, we gave them a place they felt safe and was quiet so that if God chose to speak to them in a whisper, they could hear it. The, this place for them was lying under a huge, colourful, rippling parachute. Then we asked them to see if they got any photos or films in their minds or heads. You see, big words like visions and dreams can be off-putting and make the whole thing weird. But most of us can think of a time when we've had an image or situation play in our minds, just like a photo or a film, and then to finally tell God they were ready and listening. I believe that God wants to communicate with each of us. It doesn't happen for me all the time in a clear and tangible way. I can go weeks and months without any of these words, nudges or pictures happening. I know that it does only happen when I carve out time from my normal routine to focus on God and tell him that I am listening. Unfortunately, I often only give this time to God when life is really rough and I am desperate. And after times like this, when God has then so clearly communicated with me, I promise myself and God that I will be more intentional about making time and space for him. But often this only lasts a short while, and then I realise that weeks and months have gone by again, with me rushing through life on my own. How much richer would our lives be if we did take regular time out of our routine life to just be with God, to tell him where we are at and ask him to guide us, to steer us, to support us, to communicate directly with us. So what happened with those three to four year olds under the parachute? Well, when we asked a number of those children um, what they'd seen, they told us about clear pictures and words that they had got in their heads. But I hear you asking, how do we know they weren't just making it up? The amazing thing was that there was a consistency in what was shared from different groups of children on different days throughout the week. The picture of a butterfly spoke powerfully to members of the team and some specific families linked to that group. But I can still hear the scepticism in your minds, and no, I'm not a mind reader, but I have had the same doubts and questions myself. Is this not just coincidence? Can you not take any picture and make it mean something to someone? So I'd like to share one other time when I have personally had direct communication, heard from God. And at the time, it blew my mind. Chris and I were working as team pastors on another Christian camp. One of the things we did was to ask God if he had any messages for the individual team members. Now, I will be honest, this is not in my comfort zone. And I had not done it very often, but I was one of the leaders, so the pressure was on. I sat in the quiet and tried to focus on God with my eyes closed while begging God to give me something, anything, so I didn't look silly. Well, after a little while, I got a picture, like a photo in my mind. The picture was a fisherman standing in shallow water, throwing out a net from his hand that came out in a circular shape. I shared this with the team member, but at the time it meant nothing to them. So the session finished and we all went about our other responsibilities. Later that day, I visited an area on site that was set out like an art gallery, a place we had not been to before. One of the photographs in the exhibition was the exact image I had got while praying for the team member earlier that day. But what did it mean? Next to the photograph was a small explanation given by the photographer about how and why he had taken the photo. It was the description rather than the photo itself that spoke powerfully to the team member, confirming for them a life choice they needed to make. I don't mind sharing that I was on a high for days after that. And all these years later, that picture and experience is still clear in my mind. God has asked me, used me and in an indisputable way. 
I believe that only God could have put that picture in my mind and ensured that I found the exact photo in the art gallery. He wanted to make it clear to all of us that that message was from him and no one else. It was not just a picture that anyone could twist to mean something. It needed the separate description to make it make sense. For me, that was a breakthrough, which meant that I don't doubt anymore that God can and does communicate with me. He does it to strengthen me at times of struggle, but he also uses me, like he used Elijah, to bring messages from God to others. I believe God wants to communicate with each of us as individuals and through us to bring encouragement to others. There is no set formula and he will use different things at different times with different people. But I do believe that each of us can hear from God if we are open to him. I challenge you to try. Give God the space and have an expectation that it might happen. Not every child under our parachute heard from God every time we tried. I don't hear from God every time I try. But if I don't make myself available, and if I don't have an expectation that God can and will communicate with me, then I will miss out on the amazing feeling that comes when he does. <laughs>